Welcome to True Crime on Easy Street. My name is Kelly Turner. I'm not a doctor. I am Scott Wright, and I am a mediocre journalist. And I'm Katie Givens, and I am not a lawyer. And we're welcoming you back live from Easy Street. We've done so many of these now that I've lost count of what number show this is. This is episode four. Oh, uh, four. That's not <laughs> as many as I was thinking. It seems like more. <laughs> we're still on one hand. We practiced that first one a lot. Episode four. We have, well, last week's case was crazy, right? Uh, we had, we, there is a we moratorium. <laughs> we can't say wow one time tonight. We said wow so many times last week when we did this about the uh, Marie Hilly story. Yes. That we're out of wows. We're out of wows. We can't, wows. but I don't know but, what else, what other here, exclamation I'm going to use. Here's a wow for our couple of listeners. <laughs> we, <laughs> we have uh, changed our night that we're live on Easy Street. Oh, so we want to mention that. Mention that. Yeah. We're now going to be every other Wednesday night mm-hmm. at 7.30. Yeah, so when this episode comes out, it's actually going to be that night. So Yeah, you'll have like so 30 tonight, minutes to listen to this episode on Wednesday and then get dressed, run a comb through your hair, and get to Easy Street and watch the live show of our previous recorded broadcast, which is the Marie Hilly story, right? Exactly. Did I get that right? You, you did. did. Wow. You did. So, Oops, I already did it. <laughs> That's one wow. I'm done. <laughs> Unplug my microphone. You can mm-hmm. turn it into a drinking game. <laughs> oh, that's Hey, you know fun. what? Why not, folks? Go, go ahead and grab your favorite beverage, and uh, every time one of us says wow tonight, go ahead and take a drink. I love it. So let's just get everybody started. Ready? One, two, three. Wow. 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 Yeah. Instead of <laughs> Have fun. It, now that's three. <laughs> Unless you're driving to work, listening to us, just take a drink of coffee. Yeah, yeah let's yeah, be don't. safe. Yeah, let's be safe. Let's be sensible <laughs> and be safe. Okay, out there. All right, but come to see our live show tonight at 7.30 on Easy Street. You were really you just confused a lot of people. What if somebody listens to it on Friday morning? Well, Wednesday, May 12th. There we go. Yes, Wednesday, That's May 12th at 7.30 Katie, the PM. anchored and grounded one of the three. Yes. God bless her. What would we do without her? We wouldn't have a show because neither one of us <laughs> knows how to work that board. <laughs> no, no. Well, I barely do. Y'all just saw <laughs> what happened before this. <laughs> yeah, but in a group of three, you are the expert on that board. So. I turned it off and back on. <laughs> yes, you are, and I love that. Okay, so we, uh, and see, that's another thing. I say, mm. okay, so too much. And so you I'm think not, so? Yeah, that's another drinking game in itself. So I'm, I'm Let's going Let's save to, it for next week. Let's do wow this week and then okay. next week. And that, that one does count. The one that I just said, if you're out there listening, <laughs> that one counts. Uh, and then next week, we'll do the other thing. Okay, we'll do your so, thing. Yep. And then maybe next week could be Katie's thing. I don't, Katie doesn't, I don't think Katie she doesn't says anything up, a word stupid that she like you and I do. No, she doesn't. So she doesn't. So. We'll have to. If only we were as perfect as Katie and everyone I know. Whatever. Eyes rolling. Yeah. Eyes rolling. Yep. All right. Okay. We have a case this week that uh, we're, I'm going to kind of sit back. I, I told the story of Marie Healy last week. And did a Widow. very good job of it. That's where it's crazy. It was, it was wild. But yes. this week is another pretty wild and interesting story and a lot of people may remember this one it's another story that happens in our neck of the woods this one happens in huntsville alabama which mm-hmm. is about what 40 an hour and 45 minutes away from here maybe yeah hour Some, 45, something like hours. that mm-hmm. so like all the shows we've done so far this one kind of sticks close to home and i love the way that we're doing this i think it's one of the things that makes our show unique is we're there's plenty of craziness Within 100 miles of where we're sitting. I keep saying that every time, but it's true. And this is another one of those. And this was a case from May of 1992. And just quickly, here's what was going on in 1992. Guess what the the top of the charts was, uh, one of the songs from 1992. Hold on. I want to guess. I want to guess. Okay. 
Bye, size baby. No, you're Darn. close. You're in the ballpark. Uh, baby Got Back oh. was one of the big songs from 1992. And the other one, the big one, Achy Breaky Heart by Billy Ray Cyrus. Oh, my That goodness. was 1992. Yeah. That was a mullet at its finest. It was indeed. So we go back to that year, and this is May of that year, uh, in, a, in, a, in an upscale neighborhood close to Huntsville called Boulder Circle. Uh, it's a very upscale, nice neighborhood. I've never been there. I've driven by it. If you drive to Huntsville from where we live... As you top the mountain and head back down the valley into Huntsville proper, you go through that area of town the way I have been led oh, okay. to believe. Where I know it's exactly located. what you're talking about. A lot of nice houses, a curvy road. You've been through it if you've been to Huntsville from here. Anyway, so Dr. Jack's, uh, Jack Wilson was an ophthalmologist. Uh, what does that do? What is that? That's something with eyeballs, right, Katie? It's an eye surgeon. I mean, wait, you're not a doctor. We should <laughs> no, be I'm asking you. <laughs> it is. It is an eye surgeon. Okay, so he's an eye surgeon, and he's been married to his second wife, Betty Wilson for 14 years, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna start this story at the end, and then we'll reel it back in and try to parse it apart from there. So on the night of May the 22nd, Dr. Jack Wilson comes home. He takes a baseball bat out of his garage and he goes out into his front yard and he nails a political sign, a, a political campaign sign, into his front yard. Goes back into the house. Police speculate later that it must have been at that moment or not long after it, when he was accosted by whoever it was who murdered him because the, the baseball bat was the murder weapon, at least if you believe the popular theory that, that sent Betty Wilson to prison for the rest of her life. Wow. But it that's wasn't... Uh, no, no, that's fine. That's, but that's another one if you're out there listening. Go ahead and there you go. take a swig. So it's Betty Wilson who ends up in prison for the rest of her life for this murder, but she wasn't anywhere around when it happened, and that's where the story starts to get a little convoluted and opaque and hard to see through exactly without doing a lot more in-depth research, which I hope amongst the three of us we have all done today. We'll take just a little minute to talk about our sponsor, which is Easy Street Bar, Restaurant, and Performance Hall. Ooh, it's so fun to go there, Scott. It's fun to, it's fun to go there. It's fun to even say it. I mean, that's how much fun Easy Street is. Um, they're, Easy Street. See? You're doing Woo. it. Um, I know the guys who built this place. Katie is involved in the ownership. And if you don't know, if you haven't been to Easy Street yet, the place was really built from the stage out. That's one thing that Shane, Katie's husband, said to me early on. He really wanted it to be a place where people, I'm sorry, we, we were having a little snack break before we started recording this, and I haven't finished chewing that little <laughs> cheese and cracker thing yet. <clears throat> sorry. No, but uh, Shane built the place. or They all did. Shane and Josh and Donald and, and Debbie and Katie, they built it from... From the stage out is the way Shane always explained it to me, and it's just something where he wanted it to be a live music, and there's lights, and a 42-inch disco ball, and a dance floor, and a, and a huge bar with great seating, and the food's fantastic. So come and try it sometime when you get a chance there's in a new Center, lunch Alabama. Menu? Yeah, new lunch menu. There and is, and two of the things items. on the menu, uh, one of them is the chicken casserole that is Shane's mother's recipe, I believe, Katie. Is that right? Very true. And there is a meatloaf that is Shane's father's recipe. Also true. So homemade stuff, and, and they make the, uh, there's the lasagna is freshly made in the back uh, for the lunch menu as well. So Yes. All the lunch menu items are $11, and they come with your drink, and it is served from 11 to 3 every day. Mm. I've had the meatloaf. It's and delicious. It's I haven't delicious. had it yet. Don't tell Ooh, don't Jimmy. You should try it. Yeah, don't you tell You should Jimmy. try it. You should try it. They also have this little, this little protein power bowl thing. So if you're. Oh, that I saw that. Oh, I yeah. served that to someone. I work on Very Saturdays good. at the bar, and I served that to someone on Saturday. In fact, it was uh, Donald's mother, I believe. She ordered that. And so I brought that to her, and I almost 
told her that I dropped it and it was the last one because I wanted to hide it in the fridge and you take were going to lie to Donald's mother. Sure, I lied you. to Donald all the time. Why wouldn't I lie to his mom? How dare you? <laughs> anyway, it looks really good, and I'm through talking about the food. So right? the I, lunch, I have to go get something to eat now. New lunch menu and and the, of course the dinner menu. We've talked about what we love on those. And and are we drink? Are we still drinking the same thing there? Uh, I still drink the same thing there. It's something from the alcohol section in the bar. That's as specific as I'm willing to get to anyone who doesn't know me. But as long as there's alcohol in it, I'll drink it. Oh, that sounds good. Uh, trust me, it is. Yes, you like alcohol in your alcohol. Yes. <laughs> in, in fact, that's what I order. I'll have an alcohol it. with an alcohol in it, please, on the rocks. With an alcohol chaser. <laughs> They've got a lot of different draft beers. 20 a beers on draft. service bar. Mm-hmm. So you can enjoy a nice, refreshing drink when you're coming to listen to our podcast. Yes. Yes, and we are now open on Sunday, so don't forget to come Sunday brunch. on Sunday. Yes, a couple of brunch items, and you know we're open basically all day and i know we ran patio. out of champagne yesterday so the Ooh, mimosas were going down smooth yes and the, we also have a happy hour on the weekdays from two to six so you can come on wednesdays before the podcast starts have some happy hour drinks oh i'm way ahead of you wait. way ahead of you and we'll be ready uh, i will You'll be, too. be ready i'll be ready we'll be ready <laughs> excited so take take a take a drive mm-hmm. let's say that take a drive to easy street and enjoy yourself whether you're looking for some live music some good food some drinks or just you know good company yeah or maybe you're coming to look for us uh make sure and have that on the bottom of your list that would be the right <laughs> place for it. but yeah sure true crime on easy street wednesdays at 730 is that right exactly every other wednesday at every other wednesday we'll on you. easy street you've arrived so if Betty Wilson wasn't anywhere around that mm-hmm. night. Why is she in prison? Well, the story that the, and I don't want to jump ahead and get to the part that Katie, who is not a lawyer, is uh, most astute at, but it has something to do, I think, with the way the case was prosecuted because the prosecutor in Betty Wilson's case, and, oh, did I mention that she has a twin sister named Peggy Lowe who was also implicated in the conspiracy murder plot that ended up with her husband dead on the upstairs hallway from baseball, multiple baseball bat injuries to the head and a couple of stab wounds. You didn't mention that. I might that, have left that out. But now you've mentioned it. Yeah. So you have Betty Wilson mm-hmm. and you have Peggy Lowe. They are fraternal twin sisters. Okay. Betty is married to Dr. Jack Wilson. Peggy is a school teacher in another small town in Alabama. Pinson, I think it is, or maybe Vincent, I forget. But so they are sisters, and they both end up implicated in the case because what happens is a man named James White, a world, uh, I'm sorry, a Vietnam veteran who was, I think, in his 40s at the time in 92, uh, got implicated in the plot to commit the murder. And that's ex- that's not that's where I get a little confused about exactly how he came into the picture. Does anybody remember exactly what it was that brought him into the picture initially? So a tip was called in because a that's person it, who tip. knew James White, um, he was bragging. About, Just the tip. Yeah. He was bragging about committing this murder. And so they thought, well, you know, he's a drunk and he does drugs. And so he kind of you know, spouts off at the mouth. So we don't know if this is true or not, but it can't hurt to call the police and let them know what he's saying. So they bring him in, and to begin with, he denies having anything to do with it. A few months later, he eventually admits to this... To his part in this conspiracy, I guess. This egregious murder-for-hire plot, yeah. Right, and uh, the the grand total for uh, Betty Wilson spending the rest of her life in prison and... James White spending the rest of his life in prison. He's eligible for parole and came up for parole last... Last March. March, but was denied, of course. He's probably going to end up spending the rest of his life in prison, but five grand. That's how much money changed hands. Allegedly, no one's ever been able to 
you know, run down a, a canceled check or, or find a bag full of money. But that was the story that James White told. And there's, there's a lot of different avenues and pathways to get to where this story ends. One of them is the fact that it was such an upscale or a, such a high-profile case in Huntsville at the time because uh, Dr. Wilson was a prominent ophthalmologist. His wife, Betty, was, she was involved in the social circles there in Huntsville. She had just the night before hosted an event for a local politician. Uh, p- perhaps, I don't know, perhaps the same political sign that her husband was hammering into the yard the next day with a baseball bat. Um, so it was such a big case in Huntsville that they, what's, what's it called, Katie, where they move it from one place to another, they filed for a, a change of venue. A change That's of what venue. I was yeah. looking for. They filed for a change of venue, and that case took, uh, took place in Tuscaloosa. Yes, they moved it from Huntsville to Tuscaloosa. And I, the research that I've done kind of shows me or makes me feel like that one of the reasons why Betty Wilson went to jail for the rest of her life and her sister, who was implicated in the same exact conspiracy murder plot, never spent a day in jail she walked free she was uh uh she was found innocent at her trial which took place a few months later i think one of the reasons for that was because betty wilson was tried in in a place far away from her home i think if she'd had her friends and people who knew her and uh were supporters of hers perhaps that were jurors or friends of jurors she would have gotten a i don't want to say she would have gotten a fairer shake she may have gotten a more fair shake in tuscaloosa and i'm not saying she doesn't deserve to be in jail for the rest of her life but a few months later, Peggy Lowe was tried for the same murder in Huntsville with all of her friends there, and she had a dozen character witnesses come up and speak on her behalf. She's the pastor, uh, the, the local Baptist pastor's wife. Well, that would be Deacon. Deacon. I'm sorry, Deacon. Um, she's a local elementary. She teaches first grade. So she's been in the community for a long time. Anyway, she ends up walking away completely not implicated in any of this in any way. Uh, James White was the guy, he made the deal to turn on them. I remember this part now. The reason that he was eligible for parole at some point initially was because he agreed to turn state's evidence, I guess, for lack of a better term, and testify against Betty Wilson and Peggy Lowe and tell the story of how they hired him because he knew Peggy Lowe from the school where she worked because he was a part-time handyman. And he made the connection with them, and they wanted... Betty wanted her husband dead, and Peggy somehow was implicated or, or was uh, an associate in the negotiations that led to him being hired to commit this crime. Anyway, that's the story he told, and everybody in Tuscaloosa believed it. And Betty Wilson is 73 years old, and she's still in Tutwiler. Okay, so can I give you a little backstory? Yes, that would be great. Okay, so we have two sisters, okay? Two sisters born, two fraternal twins born. Right? In Gadsden, Alabama on July oh, I didn't know 14th. That. Yeah, July okay. the 14th, 1945. They were both very popular in school, in case you were wondering. They looked but like they, they were. were attractive. They were. Young they ladies. Were. And so they were, you know, they were in plays and talent shows. And Peggy was the homecoming queen and considered the most beautiful one in her class. So this is this is kind of to picture the twins. A, a typical Northeast Alabama upbringing in the, in the 50s and 60s? Yes. It sounds both, like so far. Yes, they both got married immediately after high school. They had children, and they both were divorced within a few years. Both sisters married for a second time. Peggy, who was a first-grade teacher, she married a Baptist deacon, and that, that's where she became Peggy Lowe. Right. Okay. And she also became the lead singer of the church choir 
multi-talented. Mm-hmm. He adopted her two kids, and then they had a child together. Betty met Dr. Jack Wilson at Huntsville's Humana Hospital, where she worked as a nurse specializing in kidney dialysis. They married, and Betty quit her job. And just from the article that I am reading, and this article is from uh, Forensic Files, um, and we can put, uh, Katie, I'll give you the link for us to reference it on our show notes here. But it, it claims that the social climbing Betty quit her job, enjoyed the perks of being an eye surgeon's wife. She wore a Rolex watch and cruised around town in her burgundy Mercedes convertible. And the couple also owned a black BMW, according, again, according to my article here. On May 22nd, 1992, Jack Wilson was looking forward to leaving on a trip to Santa Fe, New Mexico with Betty the next day. She had been out shopping that day. That was part of her cover story. Well, it, call it a cover story. Maybe it's what really happened. But she said that she was out shopping to buy things for that trip that they were going to leave on the next morning. Yes, he hoped that this trip would rekindle his relationship with his wife. He reportedly still loved his wife, and he wanted to do pretty much anything to please his wife. So he's a he's you know very interested in making sure that his marriage is maintained. Right. Okay. He is reportedly a very generous. Beloved doctor, especially for patients who were struggling. He would sometimes waive the charges. Patients were treated the same, whether they had $5 or $500,000, as quoted in this article. And one of his office staff members um, said that he treated her like a daughter. And that he treated everyone who worked for him like family. So he was a very beloved doctor. Um, according to People Magazine, he wore Christmas ties in the summer, and uh, he mm. was wanted to be funny. He was a funny guy, and he liked to, you know, clown around, and he was, you know, he liked to have fun. Right. So, people in this area loved him, and I think, and of course, Katie can talk about this, maybe elaborate more. This is probably one of the reasons the lawyer wanted her trial moved Mm -hmm. was because he was so beloved. That makes perfect sense now that you've put it in that light. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this article tells me, uh, the story goes like this. Betty returned home from an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting when she discovered Jack's lifeless body in a pool of blood on the hardwood floor in their home. Next to him was a metal baseball bat. She ran to the neighbor's house and dialed 911. And this article states this. I'm not sure, but it just says, she sounded convincing enough on the call. So whatever that means. I've read that too, that she was very convincing. You sound like someone who's just discovered their dead husband. Yeah, Is that what you mean? Yeah. They're saying yes. Yes. So, at the murder scene, the police couldn't find any helpful fingerprints or signs of a burglary. All of his credit cards were in his wallet. There was nothing much in the way of a ransacking of the house. So, right away, you think, okay, this is not a robbery gone 
bad, right? Is that what you guys would be thinking? Yeah, I, that seems, I mean, I, I've only been in the true crime business for a couple of months now, but it seems to me that that's one thing. If you wanted to make it look like you were breaking into someone's house, hey, break something, steal something. Right. Don't just walk in and kill the person and not leave a single fingerprint everywhere. It, it just starts to look like a professional job at some point. And that's kind of a question that I have, and maybe we can work back to it, but really they couldn't find a fingerprint on a baseball bat that was the murder weapon. I, I don't understand how something that happens as haphazardly as we'll learn over the course of this uh, episode, the most plausible explanation is for the way he was killed, how that happened in a way that nobody found fingerprints anywhere. Is there any speculation that maybe the local police department didn't do all of their due diligence? I don't want to drag anyone through the mud who doesn't need to be drugged through the mud, but really, no fingerprints? I, I have no idea. I, yeah. I can't find anything on the fact that they did not do their job. Very little for me either, but very little forensic evidence at a, at a at a murder scene that seems no more than I know about it. I haven't seen the crime scene photos. It sounds pretty chaotic. It sounds like a a, a big tussle ensued. A two tussle? Men, two men were fighting for their lives, and one of them, yeah, tussle was a terrible choice of words. Thanks for pointing that out. But you know, the two guys yes, were fighting we're for Alabama. their lives. And one of them didn't make it out. And you just think that would be a hectic, chaotic murder scene. Mm. Well, you could also just wear gloves if you're going to be murder for hire. I guess, but wait until I introduce gloves. you to James White. Okay. All right. I can't wait. You're going to see why I'm, he might not have remembered the gloves. I'm so <laughs> okay. Investigators are going to discover a few things. They may not have found any fingerprints, mm -hmm. but what they are going to discover is that things were not exactly in order between the doctor and his wife. They slept in separate bedrooms, which honestly, I don't think that's alarming to me. When you have couples who have been married for a while who are older that sleep in separate bedrooms, that doesn't really make me raise an eyebrow. Not, does not, it? Does it? No, me guys? either. Is yeah. that? No. I mean, I'm sure uh, my husband would love to have a separate bedroom for me because I snore. Mm, he has mentioned that a couple of times. I, I wasn't going to bring it up, but since you mentioned it. He grabs it constantly. <laughs> <laughs> but they're sleeping in separate bedrooms, so they're, they are going to, this is going to cause an eyebrow to raise because they're investigating a murder. So they're yeah. saying, well, they're not sleeping in the same bedrooms. There are numerous sources reporting that Betty had a distaste for Jack and the surgery that he'd had because of his Crohn's disease. Yes. Katie, you and I were talking about that earlier. Yes, he had to wear a colostomy bag. So she was put on record several times telling people she found that disgusting. Mm -hmm. So she's yeah. she's openly talking about her husband's illness and, and the fact that he has to have a colostomy bag. He can't help that. Right. And she's talking about how disgusting it is. Witnesses would later testify about the uh, various unkind things that she said about about him. So she was not very kind well, when speaking about her husband. But that doesn't make her a murderer necessarily. It just yeah. makes her an asshole. But when Correct. you when you get her in front of 12 of her peers in a court of law and she's uh, accused of murder, all these little pieces, at least in Betty Wilson's case, started to stack up. Yes. Then there was the extramarital lifestyle. And yeah. I say lifestyle because it is reported that there were several extramarital affairs. Yes, in town, out of town, yeah, with city officials, with people in their home. 
that she was using her AA meetings to find hookups. She'd been sober for about five years, but was using those to find hookups for extramarital affairs. Fantastic place. So you've got gossip. You've got speculation. You've got minimal forensic facts. But they really, they were struggling to build a solid case against her. I mean, they, they didn't have a case at this point. You're not going to no. get anybody convicted with very little forensic evidence and just hearsay, gossip around town. Well, and that's the crazy part of the whole thing to me, and I can't wait to hear what hour not a lawyer uh, member of this triumvirate <laughs> has to say about it in a minute. But, I mean, basically, Betty Wilson was convicted on the word of James White, and again... Yep. Uh, so, enter the tipster. Yeah. Right. Thank you. Wow, we both got, we both got it in. Enter the tipster. Enter the t- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, here we go. So, tell, Katie, us about, you're tell us about James White. Well, he just, he was a troubled man. He, he was a Vietnam veteran. Uh, supposedly, the reason that he didn't use a gun to commit this murder by his own admission was because he just, he, he didn't like guns because he'd had a bad experience in Vietnam being in the infantry or whatever. So... His ver- his early version of the story about his participation in this way or his involvement was that he wasn't going to use a gun. He was going to use something else. Uh, he'd been in, in and out of mental hospitals. He was in, he'd been on drugs, like Katie said, and he was an alcoholic. Obviously, he wasn't very astute when it came to planning the perfect crime because he told somebody about it a couple of weeks before, and they called the Shelby County Sheriff's Office, and they called Huntsville, and a day after it happened, they pretty much had the whole thing pieced together, at least as far as the story this guy was telling. But his story changed a lot over the years. At one point, he recanted the entire thing. When he told the story, when he told his version of the story the second time in front of a judge at Peggy Law, uh, Peggy Lowe's trial, some of the facts had changed. Nothing was the same exactly. They they were able to use him to help Peggy Lowe get off when the same person was his story when it was told the first time in the court of law, it basically put Betty Wilson in jail. So I don't know. I'm, I can't wait to find out. I don't know this. Has she been denied all appeals? Has she ever been granted a new trial? Is there any opportunity for her to go back and say, wait a minute, the same guy who put me in jail for my life is the one who more or less got my sister off because his story changed so much. I'm just really confused about that part of it. And I can't wait to see what we find out, but to just wrap up the James White thing, not a very believable person, not a very reliable person, a person who couldn't hold down a job and drank too much and did drugs. And um, I just, it, it's hard to figure out exactly what happened in this case. I think he admitted at one point he was in the room when Dr. Wilson died, but he never admitted to actually hitting him over the head with a bat. So I don't know. What do you think? Well, there is very little ev- like concrete evidence in mm-hmm. this case. So if we want to just jump straight into that, we can. I'm talk dying about to know. I just I don't know. I mean, this case is it just doesn't seem like this is a case that you can approach in a linear fashion. Anyway, it just sort of swirls around itself because you 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 like like I did just a minute ago. Oh, I forgot to tell him about how crazy James White is because that's a vital part of the story. It's just it's all swirling together. Well, before we get into this, James White was currently employed at the same elementary school yeah. where Peggy worked. Mm-hmm. Part-time handyman or something along he those lines. He was the, yeah, a handyman yeah. at the elementary school. He had a dishonorable discharge and a record with the law. Yes. How do you get hired at an elementary school? 1992 is a different time. 
than it is today. I'm just, I'm baffled about it that. It was season three of Seinfeld in 1992, and they were 25th in the Nielsen ratings. So Seinfeld wasn't even a popular TV show yet when this happened. A lot of things are different. What was going on in 92? Nothing good. All right, Katie, tell us about, tell us all the all the legal the legal stuff. So James is in prison, or he's he's arrested, he's in jail, and he's there for a few months when he finally admits, and that's when he tells his story for the first time, really, and gives all the details about how he, Peggy originally came up to him and asked him, you know, hey, I need somebody taken care of. My sister wants her husband dead. And his story is that him and Peggy had an affair his original story is him and Peggy yeah, had an affair because right. it changed several times. And so he agreed to do it. She gave him $2,500 to begin with. And by the time it was time to actually commit the murder, he needed $2,500 more because he'd already spent the original down payment. What did he spend it on? He Beer. had several. He used the, the guy's bat. He owned the doc's bat. He spent it on beer and drugs. The money was supposed to go to help him take care of his children. He had like four children that he needed to take care of. Maybe he had some child support to pay. Maybe that that was the story. But it didn't go to the uh, the killing of the what? I I mean, I don't know how. I know what you mean. It it wasn't it wasn't seed money to to get the 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 murder to pay for the murder. It was just. Right, it wasn't a, yes. it wasn't yeah. an elaborate murder. It wasn't expensive yeah. to pull off. But so then he eventually says that he became he got in contact with Betty herself, and they began planning her cover she, where she was going to be. She's going to be at the AA meeting. They were going to meet up afterward. The story was she came and picked him up from the murder and drove him. Even though later found out there was no evidence that she, he was ever in her car. They couldn't put place any fibers, any hair, any fingerprints, nothing to place him in her car ever but he lived in a trailer next to an abandoned house in that abandoned house was there was a gun found registered to betty wilson and a library book that had been checked out of the local library by betty wilson so those were the two concrete things that placed her in connection with him and that's what i mean about it being so hard to to tell the story in a straight line fashion because that doesn't even become pertinent to the story until we get to the point where he's incarcerated and he starts telling a story. And then the only check it the out. two things that make him believable to me are the the, the revolver mm-hmm. and the library book. Right. And maybe there's a plausible explanation for both of them. Maybe he's smarter than we think. But if let's just say that it wasn't a murder for hire scheme, did he break into the house and steal the revolver and then? Uh, convinced them for some reason to check him out a library book because he wanted to read something new. Thanks, Teach. Well, the prosecution, you know, states that, of course, she gave him these items, and then the defense states, of course, he stole these items. Just boils down to who you believe, right? Exactly. And then um, also there was the prosecution had an eyewitness that said the that they saw Betty and James at the crime scene within 30 minutes of each other, but then the same eyewitness could not pick James out of a lineup. So how do you know you saw someone at the crime scene that you can't pick out of a lineup. It's just, it's hard. It's like a lot of the, uh, well, the first case that we did, the the Judith and Neely, Lisa Milliken story, that one's cut and dry. Nobody even denies what happened. It's easy to piece that together and you can, you know, reverse engineer the entire thing from where it started to where it ended. This one just seems a lot more complicated because it does boil down to a literal he said, she said situation and it's just who believed who at which particular time and in the history after it happened, and it's... Every piece of evidence comes down to that. There was also a woman who claimed that 
Betty told her six years before this happened that she was going to kill her husband. But then that woman stayed friends with Betty for six years, so how much could you believe that statement if it if it was even said? Yeah. If you decided to stay friends with a woman that you believed was a murderer or that was going to be a murderer. There maybe were, she was afraid. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> then there were also there was also telephone record evidence of communication between Betty and James. And that ultimately, when she is convicted, and they ask the jury, mm. "What was the what was the smoking gun? What swayed your decision the most?" and they say those telephone records. Yeah, why else would you be talking to this person who was mm-hmm. obviously there, or at least at the time admitted to being there, but you didn't have anything else to do with him? That's a problem. Now that is what they admit. Right. Now let's rewind and talk about the character assassination that happened during this trial. Okay. Because she had multiple affairs on her husband and that was brought up time and time again. It was what it was what they focused on mainly. Also, one of the witnesses in the that they brought up in the trial was a city council member who just so happened to be a black man who she just so happened to have an affair with. Mm-hmm. And the defense claims that the Prosecution played on racial bias right. of the South at the time, mm. early 90s, and that, you know, they knew that that would have been a double hit on her character. Not only was she cheating on her husband, but she was cheating on her white husband with a black man. Right. And, you know, no jury's going to go on record saying that that was what swayed their decision, but that is a huge theory in this case that... That, that they were trying to use those those racism tactics. Yes, that racism Yes. T- yes. And, you know... And it just seems like a situation where when you take out those things that Katie just ran through, that list, those bullet points, when you take all of that out and you try to make the same charge stick to someone that you can't stick any of that to, mm-hmm. the case falls apart. Exactly. But the jury only deliberated two days and came back with a guilty verdict, and they sentenced her to life without the possibility of parole with yeah. no concrete evidence. And I just, I, this is the part I don't understand. Where are, where's the appeals process? I mean, she's been in jail for 30 years. She, they applied for appeals. But and never it just seems to me like appeal. if there was a, ever grounds for. Usually there, with the grounds for appeal, you have to have something like. Um, mistakes have to be made, Mistakes right? have to be made in the trial. You know, you have to prove that your defense was incompetent, which her, I mean, her defense came back at everything the prosecution right. had to say, um, you know. Was the trial? It, this unfair. was not. This was not an incompetent defense team. One no. of her, she had four defense lawyers, including a courtroom star named Bobby Lee Cook, who is allegedly the inspiration wow. for Andy Griffith's character on Matlock. He just oh, wow. recently. He's from Cedartown, Georgia, if I'm not mistaken. So he, he just was passed on her away. Defense team. So that may be one of the ago. reasons why she's not being granted an appeal is because she had she had a can't make that a star argument. team. Yeah. I mean, there were four of them. And they came back, and you may, like, the only motive she had was that she was the beneficiary, the main beneficiary to her mm-hmm. husband's estate, which was about $6.3 million. Right. So she had $6.3 reasons yeah. to do this. Well, the, the prosecution convinced a jury of that. Yes. But then her sister, you know, several months later, trial for the same thing, and she... That the jury deliberated for a total of two hours and fifteen minutes and found mm. her not guilty, but a different jury, a different, totally jury. different jury, yes, of course, a jury of her peers in Huntsville, correct? Yes. After, I assume so. Yeah. After they had multiple character witnesses in her favor, instead of assassinating her character, everyone talked about, you know, she was member of the, you know, church and lead choir singer, as Kelly mentioned, 
And, you know, her husband was there to support her. There were members of the church that showed up at the court case with, you know, free Peggy signs. She was the saint. Sister was the sinner. Yeah. Throw out the fact that she's, sounds like she's a, the better of the two people, for want of a better way to say this. But add to that that her defense team had the, they were able to watch watch it be done the wrong way the first time. I mean, no one purposely, like you just said, Kelly, nobody purposely uh, didn't defend her the best way they knew how the first time. But they had the benefit of being able to see, okay, we know this doesn't work, and we also have all these things that she is that her sister isn't, and it, that turns into two hours of deliberation by the jury instead of two days, and a different verdict, by the way. Correct. And this was, Peggy was the the deacon's wife, mm-hmm. the, you know, the big, big in the church. Um, it, it obviously played a huge role. My question is, how do you connect Betty with the with Mr. White? Okay, how do you connect him and right. not connect Peggy? She's the go between because they yeah. work at the same school. Yeah, yeah, if if there was if there was some conversation that the three of them had or some plan that they hatched, Peggy would have been. Vital to that. How would Betty know process about of communication? Mr. Exactly, White she had to be involved without Peggy. And then you have the the phone records. Mm-hmm. Why why is Betty talking to Mister White? Well, didn't I read from from some of my research? Wasn't there some argument that the defense made that she was she's an Alcoholics Anonymous? James White is a notoriously sloppy alcoholic. I read somewhere that. The speculation was, or maybe the at least the defense argument was, hey, I was just trying to reach out to this guy, maybe get him on the right path, get him to an AA meeting and see if I could, he had some family issues. I don't know. Here's, there's another list of things mm-hmm. that we'll never know for sure because it, they believed one side and didn't the other. People hold fast that there's no way that one sister can be innocent and one sister can yeah. be guilty completely. It's, it's a head scratcher. But, you know, due to double jeopardy, Peggy Lowe can never be tried again for this crime. Right. And so she is free and clear no matter what well but, i think that she is now actually peggy peck yes. she is now remarried again well i think the unfortunate thing about double jeopardy is that betty wilson needs to be tried again for it because i don't know that anybody could prove that she did it if you leave out all of the things about her personal life that people in tuscaloosa alabama didn't find very appealing and 1992. I mean, I'm not convinced that if Peggy's trial wasn't first, that there's no way exactly. they could have found Betty. I think that's what you're trying to get at. Yeah. That, but And then in 94, you know, James came back and recanted his Everything. whole story. But then later on when he was questioned again, he pled the fifth. He said no comment. Not sure if he... As you do. Yeah. Pleading the fifth. <laughs> well, it just it, it's just a very... When you gave me... When you told us that we were going to do this case, and I just... I, I, I did a little bare research a month or so ago when we first started to talk about it. And I thought, well, that doesn't sound very interesting. But it was very, I mean, I, I, I learned a lot about something that I, I remember vaguely when this happened when I was, I was a senior in college mm-hmm. when this happened. So I have a, a recollection of that being in the news. You'd have been in Tuscaloosa when this made Maybe that's court. why. Maybe it was on the front page of the Tuscaloosa News, the court case itself. Because I'm sure I, it was. I was one of those guys who still grabbed the newspaper every day. So maybe that's why it's vaguely flopping around in my brain somewhere. But um, I, I didn't remember any of the details. But I'm, I've been really glad that we did this. And I love that we're sticking to this Alabama theme. Let me give you one more thing. Sure. Um, oh, yes. Betty, 
has since remarried. Oh, yeah? Since she's been in prison. How'd that go? Well, she found a Where was the honeymoon? Well, Tutwiler. She found a a former Green Beret uh, as her husband. And uh, he became fascinated with her after watching 48 Hours. You know, there was a 48-hour episode. Right. Well, I was fascinated with her, but I didn't want to marry her. But that's what happened. And and they had a wedding ceremony there at the jail. And they had wedding cake. Of course, it had to be sliced. Was there a saw in it? Well, it was sliced before. It was allowed in the prison. (laughs) And her twin, Peggy, was her maid of honor. Wow. So the, the the twins are not, they don't have any grudges against yeah. each other. Well, I'm making light of something that's not really funny, and I apologize for that, but it just seems like that's something that we talk about from time to time when we talk about these cases where someone ends up in jail for the rest of their lives. They, they're they somehow able to make their life go on. They, they, they meet are. someone. Someone reaches out to them. Someone uh, watches their story on 48 Hours and believes their version of the story and becomes a pen pal, and the next thing you know... Wedding bells. Unfortunately, Alabama does not allow conjugal visits. Ooh, that's what I meant when I asked, how's that going? And now I know how that went. Okay. So. Well, hey, whatever makes you happy, right? Uh, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to judge anybody not for wanting to marry someone who they believe is, is yeah. innocent. No, want, that's, that, that's your well, own Well, if right. you want to get married, it. it's your right to be as miserable as all the other married people in the world. That's the way I look <laughs> exactly. at it. So knock yourself out. Exactly. So here we go. Here we are at the uh, end. Katie, first of all, is there anything else we need to know about the trial, the sentencing, any kind of, we just know she's been denied appeals, yes, correct? No, no appeals. She is serving her life sentence at Tutwiler, like all the rest of the women in Alabama, because that is the only women's prison in the state of Alabama, and she will remain there, it appears. Okay, so let's do this. Mm-hmm. Do you think uh-huh. Betty Wilson and Peggy Lowe at the time right. are guilty I don't know. innocent? I don't know. <gasps> You're going with the I don't know this week? Scott. I don't know. I'm on third base this week. I don't know because James White, of course, we have already said he recanted everything, but he admitted first that he was in the room with the bat. He said, I just tried to take it away from him and keep from getting hit myself. I didn't hit him. I didn't kill him. How else would he be in that house unless someone gave him a key or left the back door open? But at the same time, I can see a a, a scenario where maybe James White's delusional and it, he wishes he was in love with Peggy Lowe because she's the first grade teacher where he's a part-time handyman. And he pieces together this crazy story that he – believes himself and convinces himself that they want him to kill her husband. I don't know. It's, it's a it's very nuts. elaborate story it's for nuts. someone it, you claim is not that smart. And well, that it, that's, and that's another one of the many holdups in this. He's obviously not a very intelligent person. Did the girls come up with it themselves? I mean, it, there had to be a brain in this operation. It seems like as, as horribly as it was pulled off. I mean, within 48 hours, everybody knew who did it, or at least thought they did. So it wasn't the most brilliant crime scheme in history, but somebody pieced something together, that missing revolver and that library book. Those can't just be coincidence, but I don't know. I'm glad I wasn't on the jury. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Or maybe they wish you would have been on the jury. Uh, I don't know. Betty Wilson does. I bet maybe. Yeah. (laughs) I have reasonable doubt. There you go. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. I can see based on and the confused said, look on my face, or well, no, <laughs> well that. But I, I also can understand why you would say that. Yeah, based on the evidence and and all you know everything yeah. we've just discussed. Right. I don't have to go back through it. Katie, what about you? 
I think that they definitely planned this and did it, but I don't think the evidence is there to convict either one of them. And I mean, and I think that's what the sometimes we forget about the legal system. It is supposed to be, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, you know, innocent until proven guilty. Right. You have to prove it. And I think this case was a guilty until proven innocent, and they couldn't prove I, it innocent. I think you're right. I think she was she was guilty the day she walked in the door and sat down in that courtroom for the first time, and the defense probably knew that and tried their best. I'm with the majority of people, and I think if one get, one is guilty, they're both guilty because Peggy was the link between Betty and James. And sure, I think they did it. I don't think there was enough there to convict them. That's okay. that's better than my explanation. I like hers better. Can I can I change my answer to hers because yes. I like hers much better? Yes, you can. All yes, right, you good. Can. What do you think, Kelly? I think they did it. All right. I think that uh, they both had a part. But if you want to talk evidence, I think there's more against Betty. I mean, what evidence there there's out right. there? True. There's more against Betty than there were Peggy. So I can, but is it, I can you, kind of see. Think, I I don't know how this based on where the trials were. Mm-hmm. I do have one question. The knife. What was he stabbed with? Was he stabbed with a knife in his own home? Yes. Or that, so a, the knife. A knife and a fire poker, which they later found. We, we left this out, but that was later found along with the clothes he was wearing in a bag out by the pool at their house. But the, they're not convinced that this – he told them it was there, and it was right where he said it was, but they missed it the whole time. So we're not convinced that someone didn't either plant it there mm-hmm. or if it was there all along. Nothing I've read has mentioned – whether there was blood spatter on the clothes that were in the bag with the murder weapon, with, well, and that's, with the weapons, I think they still have decided that he died of blunt force trauma to the head. So the baseball bat's still the murder weapon, but there he was stabbed twice in the abdomen and once in the back. Well, and I, I think we need to focus on the fact that we have this beloved ophthalmologist who did such wonderful work for his community. He loved uh, his coworkers, his colleagues, his employees, like his own family. He was committed to his marriage. He was trying to make it better. We have a wife who seems to not be appreciative for, mm. of any of that, yet has 6.3 million reasons for him to be gone. Someone right. she finds disgusting, can't stand it, can't stand him. She's sleeping around on him. She obviously doesn't, I mean, based on her actions, her own actions, I don't think she gives a, a care in the world about this man. Well, and it's, I wasn't in the courtroom when she was sentenced uh to life in prison, but it sounds a lot like probably what the prosecution said to the jury, what you just said, and it's all plausible. I get it. They just, I, I think they did a good job of delivering the message that you just conveyed, and, mm-hmm. you know, I think this, it's, it's easy this to piece story, it together, but you know what? It's the defense's job to make you go, I don't know, that's maybe true. not. That's true. And they true. didn't. And they, well, and uh, again, she had, a, she had a dream team yeah. of a defense team. Yeah. So, I think that make that explains, again, why the, the appeal is not happening but i think we need to remember that this is about dr wilson and i i feel like he received justice i do i think i think she's guilty all right well that's what that's why we do this is so we can we can wrap it up with i know one that of nobody cares because i'm not a doctor and i'm I, you know my opinion really doesn't matter but well, yeah I, it, but I, I think the four people who are listening to the show, I think we've doubled our number of listeners <laughs> since last so? week. I think all four so of them excited. that have stuck it out to the end. Sorry, folks, it lasted longer than we thought it might, or maybe it didn't. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening. And uh, I, I agree. We just it's it, that's what we get to do at the end of the show is tell you what we think. So if you don't like it, 
You 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 have say it's so a in free the comments. Country. You can disagree with yeah. us. You can totally disagree with us. That's that's perfect. Tell true. us why though. Tell us why. But you know what? And one thing quickly, I would love an alternate theory. I mean, I saw one show this afternoon that laid out one possible alternative theory, but it didn't. There was no motive behind the all. It was two guys attacked him and killed him somewhere else and took his body upstairs in a tarpaulin and laid him out on the floor. And there are pictures of where he where he died that make it look like. Somebody spun him around 180 degrees, like grabbed him by the feet and dragged him through his own blood and swirled it around and hit his head on the wall and made a mark. And it just, there's some, there's some reasons to think maybe there's an alternate theory about how this happened, but I didn't read anything about how that was all laid out in the courtroom. So yeah, I don't they know. They probably weren't going, going for anything like that. I guess not. Yeah. But there's a lot more information out there than we were able to tell you today. So if you're interested in this case, it, there's not there's not that much. There's, at least there's not much on YouTube. But I found a couple of things today, and uh, you found some articles that you mentioned earlier yes, that I, I wasn't I aware of. I want to reference so. this, this article. I mentioned it, and, of course, I would love Katie, who does all the tech stuff. Yes, uh, thank we'll goodness. We'll probably have to do that. Show notes. But this is from uh, ForensicFilesNow.com, and it's the, the Betty Wilson and Peggy Lowe Twin Tales article. Okay. All right. And it's a really interesting article. I, I really enjoyed reading it and of course that's what I've is it a reprint of a news article or is it something that do they do their own original reporting there on the website I have no idea if okay. it's original okay. or okay. I, it it seems to be original well if I wasn't a mediocre journalist I would already know the answer yeah, to that thank question you. yeah sorry exactly I put myself on the spot by accident <laughs> wow there's one more for all you folks who stuck around to the end drink up <laughs> don't forget to follow us on what Katie what are we on we're on everything. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. We don't post much on anything but Instagram because that's what I do. Um, you can also keep listening to us wherever you're listening right now. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. I think we're on Google Podcasts. Get in on the ground floor while you can. It's going to be someday there'll be the stream won't allow everyone who wants to listen to all listen at once. So get in early while you can. Mm-hmm. Tell, your, the tell your friends, yeah, tell your neighbors. Exactly. That's why she's the tech guy. Yes. Person. Get and, and get to a live show. I don't. Mm-hmm. Where are you right now? I don't care. Get on a plane. Yeah. Get on a bus, boat, car, mm-hmm. bike. Yeah, scooter. drive to Birmingham, turn right, and get lost. In an hour and forty-five minutes, you'll be here. It's not that far. But join by the us time for you get a live lost. show. We love yeah. it. Yes, we love next it. two coming up: May twelfth and May twenty-sixth. We'll keep you updated on Instagram. So if you have any any questions, you need any any help finding or us, if, we can give you directions. Or, yeah, or if you just find us in some huge factual error. In the show, we're certainly willing to admit that we did that, but I think we nailed it today, guys. Hey, we're we're very open to feedback. I've loved all the feedback that we're getting. Please keep that up. Thank you for listening. Yes, like, rate, subscribe, leave us a review. Come back next week. Good night. I don't know why I always say good night. It's still daylight outside. <laughs>